Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The night may be long and the dark may be deep, but the answers are there to be found. Whether it's the normal, the abnormal, or the paranormal, you're in the right place. Let's go Beyond Reality. Good evening, good morning, and welcome. It's Beyond Reality Radio. I'm your host, J.V. Johnson. Thank you so much for joining me tonight. We have a show packed full of stuff. And when I say stuff, I mean two guests. Last night, I think we were talking about the fact that we weren't sure who we had for a guest. Well, it turns out Slick and Eddie were so hard at... Uh, Slick and Eddie. Slick and Orion worked so hard that we ended up with two guests for tonight. Um, We have, in the first part of the show, Hillary Ramo will be joining us. She's a radio host and an author, and she's going to be discussing alternative media and its influence on our culture. And then in the second part of the program, uh, we will have Rob Gutro on. Uh, Rob Gutro is a uh, psychic medium um, author. He's been on the program before, but his forte and what we'll be talking about here tonight is communication with pets from the afterlife, pets that have crossed over. He can communicate with them. He's going to talk about how he does that and what it all means. So a lot of great, he also has a lot of experiences with ghosts. So I'm sure we're going to be talking about some of that as well. So as you can see, we have a lot to do today. So I won't waste any more time. I will tell you, however, that coming up tomorrow and Friday, we'll have best of programs and the same for Monday. And then Tuesday night of next week, John Kerner will be here to talk about the 16th, uh, July 16th, which is the 20th anniversary of the mysterious death of JFK Jr. Remember, he, his wife, and I believe his sister-in-law perished in a small plane accident as they were trying to fly to Martha's Vineyard. There are many who believe particularly because uh, of the Kennedy Association, that there's uh, there was some foul play involved. And uh, John will talk about those theories on Tuesday night. Great show, Tuesday. And then Wednesday, Del Bigtree will be here to finally have the conversation we've been trying to have for some time about vaccinations and uh, the pharmaceutical companies and their influence on our culture uh, and, our, and our, um, our lives in general. He's an investigative journalist and the CEO of Informed Consent, uh, Consent Action Network. So a lot of great stuff coming up on the program. Uh, but tonight we are going to be talking with Hillary Ramo and Rob Guttrow. That's all ahead on Beyond Reality Radio. Did you know that online retailers like Amazon have constant deals that can save you money on the things you buy every day? It's no joke. Save 40%, 50%, even 80% on great products. And all you have to do is know about them. Noodle Shark is the way to be alerted when something good is coming your way. Noodle Shark is the social media page that lists great deals that not only save you money, but give you the deals before anyone else has them. All you have to do is find Noodle Shark on Facebook. Search it as The Noodle Shark. That's The Noodle Shark. Because you deserve to save too. Become a shark and save. Ready to get started here. Our first guest of the night, Hillary Ramo, is a radio host and an author. Her website is HillaryRamo.com. She's got a new book out called The Hillary Ramo Show Transcripts. Hillary, welcome to Beyond Reality Radio. Great to have you here. Hi, JV. Thanks so much for having me. Pleasure. So, you know, I'm I, doing a little homework here, looking at all the things you've done. You're a kind of a jack of many, many trades. A master of none. <laughs> <laughs> many of us fall into that category. So, yeah, you do a lot of stuff, but you, you got your start in radio, right? Well, I did. I, I happened to fall into it accidentally and synchronistically. So I found my way into terrestrial radio in upstate New York in 2005 and started that for about three years and then moved over to the online markets in 2008, spent a lot of time there, guest host and produced a bunch of different shows and different networks. So I've been around for a while, but I left the industry in 2017 thinking I'd be done and uh, just recently started a new show on KCAA in Los Angeles. So here I am kind of wandering through, but, you know, it's really just been an interesting trip because I've considered myself an alternative media host for years, 
meaning we, I, myself, we always discuss kind of fringe topics, things you would call conspiracy theories back then, that are now starting to come to the surface as conspiracy facts. So it's been an interesting trip. In the book you mentioned, yes, it's 20 conversations from about 700 hours plus on the airways over the course of 13 years. And you talk, you say alternative media, you use the word conspiracy theories, and now you say they're turning into conspiracy facts. Obviously, we talk about many of those topics here on this program as well. And you're right. A lot of these things that, uh, you know, folks who would bring them up would be called tinfoil, tinfoil hat wearers or, or worse, um, are starting to see the light of day in a way that we probably didn't expect them to. Well, I think it's been kind of, you know, prophetic in the way that things have come full circle. And we've seen a lot, especially in the last couple of years. You know, everybody's politically triggered these days. So you really can't talk about a lot of these topics without upsetting people, which is sad. Because a lot of these topics should be discussable on any kind of platform that you have. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's one of the things that we're overlooking in this hypercharged environment we live in. And uh, that is the fact that if we don't have these discussions and we don't allow for dissenting opinion, regardless of what it is, we're losing the ability to change history. Um, we're losing the ability to change minds and uh, move what we would consider to be the human condition forward. Uh, it's all about uh, discussion and debate, and it's being shut down in a lot of ways. Censorship is real, and especially over the last, uh, I'd say, decade even, you're watching a massive influx of content censorship really just kind of ride a tsunami wave over the Internet. And people don't really realize what's happening because short-term memory spans and things that people are distracted very easily, and they, they really love to jump on these gossip wagons and run with it and just kind of get really caught up. But what they're not realizing is that we have really interesting turning point happening for a lot of content makers and people on the air, people doing their own podcasts and so on and so forth. The Internet provided a great platform for people to be able to bring their opinions to the table and share with listeners in whatever way they produced it. And uh, we had a plethora of information really enter into the consciousness of, of everybody on the planet. And, you know, it helped to sway a lot of things, not only elections, but opinions and perspectives. And now we're watching the reigning in of content that I would consider very important, which is why I put my conversations into a book to help preserve the content offline, because so many things can change and happen. Well, you you make a very valid point here. I know that we stream this program live on YouTube. We archive the show on YouTube, and we get uh, you know the notifications for YouTube content providers talking about their policies. And recently, their part of their policy changes have been to restrict access to programs that talk about fringe topics. And they list those fringe topics as things that we cover very frequently on this show, but they're topics that really um, are folks just trying to find out, uh, get to some truth about some things that are highly controversial. And, uh, you know, whether it's uh, 9-11 theories or it is, uh, you know, something else to do with the government, um, I don't consider those fringe topics. I think they're important discussions. And somebody like YouTube is now starting to throttle access to those. Well, YouTube started to flag my videos in 2011. And it was just that. It was topics that had an alternative perspective or perhaps the other side of a story uh, besides the official story. So my, my videos started to get flagged, and eventually my channel was demonetized. So I went through this uh, several years ago, and now we're watching, thanks to Alex Jones and, and other people who do the same kind of similar thing, really be just this mantled systematically across the board. I mean, I spent a lot of time this last year as I was promoting my book talking about the the topic of the digital age and how these things were happening and how people were being used as examples um, to be able to take those kind of things offline. You know, Alex has done a tremendous amount of work. He was on KCAA for a little while. He was at the height of his career around uh, the beginning of the election period, I, I believe it was, but he had probably the most listeners of anybody I knew of, and Donald Trump went on his show and did an interview, which I thought was amazing because that had never happened before. I had never seen a presidential candidate do an interview on any kind of fringe type or alternative type media. So I found that really interesting. I thought that, you know, when he came on there, he was talking to talk to the conspiracy types that listen to people like Alex Jones. But then Alex Jones became a target, and his Sandy Hook 
rhetoric became, you know, a series of, of litigation and lawsuits that were yeah. filed against him. And, of course, the headlines that came out of all of that was Alex Jones, Sandy Hook, you know, lawsuit, you know, all the key hook words were there. But I remember, because I was on the air at the time, there was a tremendous amount of people talking about the same thing, perhaps not delivering it the same way that Alex does, but they were talking about the same thing. It was really just kind of like a wildfire. It just spread everywhere, and people were talking about it. And it also took a lot of attention away from an event that was happening. Now, I'm not talking about the apocalypse, 2012 apocalypse. I'm talking about the 2012 important research that many, many people had done wonderful things with as far as the ending of the Mayan calendar and moving into a new era of, you know, just higher consciousness, being more alert and more mindful of the human experience. And then we had this tragic event happen right in the middle of that, and now that's all anybody talks about. So there was a lot more to Alex's work besides Sandy Hook and what he talked about back then, but he's being used as an, as an example, really, and a reason to call things hate speech, which leads to a very slippery slope when you're talking about censorship and free speech. We don't have a lot of time, sadly, with you, so I want to ask about this book. You've got a long and successful career. You've talked to a lot of people, like you said, 700-plus hours of conversations. How would you narrow this down to 20 conversations to include in the book? Well, I took a look around me, and I said, what is everybody talking about, and what, what really needs to be further explained, and how can I assist in offering a glimpse of something else into these current events? So I went through my content, and I said, well, you know, uh, very carefully, I picked one, in, you know, one after the other, and put twenty conversations in order deliberately, so that I could guide my readers through not only kind of a slice of of my years on the air and my body of work, but also because if they offered some kind of root information to current agendas, you know, like the digital age, consciousness, vaccines, things that people really need to to have an alternative opinion and, and access to information to. So I chose them in a hope that that would lead them through kind of a time capsule of where we were at perhaps 10 years, 8 years ago, um, so people could get the hindsight value from that. As people read through the conversations, is it going to help help them deal with the issues and the problems and the, and the distractions that they're faced uh, with today? Well, I think it'll give them some, uh, some kind of context, because if we're only allowed to hear what the official story is on things and, and we're, we're victims of censorship, even if we don't know it, you know, oftentimes when you hear a topic come up, oh, you know, you just take it for face value and you move on. But if you know that there's, there's been a conversation about it that perhaps gives new light to different, different aspects of that, I think it's important. And I think it will help people understand uh, some of the, the foundational work that's been done by a lot of great people across the board that to help shed light onto these topics and to continue the curiosity and research and to invite listeners and readers to go that extra step and maybe take a, take a deeper look and do some critical thinking. So, yes. Are you continuing to do these types of interviews today? I mean, are you, um, are you adding to your 700-plus hours of discussion? Well, you know, it's interesting you bring that up because I just signed a contract with an NBC News radio affiliate station, KCAA, in California uh, for the next six months. So I've kind of gone on to a mainstream channel now. But what I'm doing is I'm bringing the topics that I loved and that I thought were important over to mainstream media to give them a bigger audience and, and to get the word out. And I think it's working fantastic. I'm doing a series right now on cannabis education and discussing how the endocannabinoid system which uh, people really need to understand, it isn't even taught to medical professionals. So I just did this unveiling of, of how the endocannabinoid system, which, which explains why cannabis works in the human body, is not taught to medical professionals. Doctors, nurses, people don't even learn it exists, but your government knows it exists. So I'm in the I'm in the middle of bringing that to the surface and exposing that for people to to you know wake them up and and open their eyes. Where do you see media going? Uh, let's say five years out. Uh, obviously, it's a it's a revolution in media right now, not an evolution. Where are we going to be in five years? Well, I think it's going to be tricky because with the massive scale of content censoring that we're seeing now, and it's getting worse, and I, I think it will get worse. We'll probably see uh, a real lid put on top of people's 
freedom of speech and, and content availability. But I hope that, you know, people like you, people like myself, people who, who are doing this kind of work will keep that from happening. And I think listeners have a right to choose whatever they want to listen to. So as long as terrestrial radio exists, you know, it can't really be changed the same way that digital online radio can be. So I have seen that that be, you know, subdued, just kind of they put a lid on it. Your reach, your platform reach doesn't do the job. Suddenly you don't get any likes on your videos. And you have YouTube demonetizing your channels. And, and they recently just did a huge flush of channels off of YouTube. So it'll be interesting to see. I'm not quite sure where we're going, but the way it's looking is it's going to be pretty difficult to get access to to other perspectives and different sides of stories. Yeah, I think we're only beginning to see the consequence of losing our daily newspapers and uh, you know you talk about terrestrial radio that's where i got my start my this program is on terrestrial radio terrestrial radio is having uh, having to redefine itself it's ha- it's finding uh, it's finding the landscape very very difficult and not from a listenership perspective but from an advertiser perspective as amazon puts retailers out of business that's a, a major part of the advertising base for a lot of terrestrial radio stations so they're struggling with that and uh, you know t- tv is so fragmented you know you're not seeing the same things on netflix which is now garnering a large share of uh, tv viewership versus what you'd see on your local tv station so there's a lot of uh, consequence that we have yet to feel yeah, I agree. I think it's coming. It's kind of like chicken little as guys falling, but people don't want to hear that because they don't want to be fear shamed and all that. But unfortunately, you can't be an ostrich and stick your head in the sand. You have to really be aware of what's going on around you. And I want to remind people, too, that Internet only allows access to 4% of information. So when you Google something on any Google search site, you're only accessing 4% of information. The rest of it is in the deep web, which is completely misunderstood. But um, that's a whole other show, and I don't think we have time to get into that. But people have to remember the importance and power of platform and information and how the digital age is evolving. And as we moved into smart cities and 5G technology, we really have to be mindful of what it all means. Hillary, we've only got about 20 seconds here. We're going to have you back on the program, but where can people get a hold of the book? HillaryRamo.com. You can go to my website and you'll find everything you need right there. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks, Davey. Our second guest for the evening is a returning guest. Rob Gutrow is an author, a medium, a paranormal investigator. His website is his name, robgutrow.com. And uh, he's got many books out to uh, his credit as well. Pets in the Afterlife, Ghosts and Spirits, Insights from a Medium, and Lessons Learned from Talking to the Dead. Rob, welcome back to Beyond Reality Radio. Thank you, JV. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, it's always great to have you. What have you been up to since you are on last? Oh, gosh. Uh, getting ready to publish a uh, another book, my sixth. Um, it's called uh, Kindred Spirits, about how I developed a friendship with someone who has been passed since 1996. <laughs> so oh. that one's, um, that's kind of interesting. Um, and uh, doing a lot of fundraisers for animal rescues. Um, I, I love to do that uh, and give a, a talk about how pets communicate from spirit. So you, the book you're working on, you're getting ready to publish, is about a, a, a relationship with a spirit that you've had since someone, uh, I'm trying to get it passed in 1996, and that uh, you've been communicating with that person since then? Well, actually, no. I, I didn't meet him, if you will, until um, about 14 years ago when I met okay. my uh, my current, my, my partner, my husband. Okay, so, um, so he, is it a he or a she that passed? It's a he. He, he passed in 96, but you... Uh, met this person in the afterlife uh, 14 years ago. That's correct. Is that right? I just yeah, want to try to understand. <laughs> I know it's kind of, it's kind of crazy. Um, he um, so it's a, it's a spirit that's been around my my husband since um, since the 90s when okay. he died. So so the spirit's been with uh, around. I don't know. Uh, just had uh, following around. I'm trying to figure this out. Your husband for the, all that time. Kind of connected to well connected to because he, he was a, he was my husband's late partner. So oh, okay, okay. Uh, oh, so yeah. they had a personal relationship prior to his passing. They did. I and, see. And okay. this guy's always been around, you know, help uh, helping out and from the other side and so forth. So, okay, so then uh, so then you uh, were introduced to this person, although the person was on the other side, and you developed a relationship, <laughs> and that's what this book is about. 
Yeah, that's what the coming book is about. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Now, now I understand. Um, you know, you've been doing this quite a while. Uh, you've got. Uh, I think you said this is your fourth book that, that you'll be publishing. Um, when did that's you get your... six? I'm actually. sorry, six. Yeah. When did you get your start doing this? Uh, about 2010, I, w- I was inspired to write my first book after my puppy Buzz passed, and uh, he inspired me to to share with people how how um, spirits communicate from the other side. So the first real um, ad- adventure, if you will, you had down this path uh, was related to your lost pet. No, I actually started way back in, uh, gosh, when I was 13 years old. Um, okay. My first experience was when I saw my grandfather um, materialize in front of me as a teenager, um, about six months after he passed. And uh, I knew that something was kind of weird. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I, conf- I confirmed that with my mother, who, who I found out had the same abilities but was afraid to use them. Okay, so your mother had the same sensitivities but was uh, avoided them, if you will. She did. She was afraid of people in, you know, in, on the other side. And, um, you know, to me, I just learned uh, over time that they're just people or, and they're just, or they're just pets, if you will. And they, you know, they're here for, they come to visit, um, for different reasons. Um, and there's a difference. There's a different, one of my first book outlines, the difference between a ghost, which I think is an earthbound energy entity or spirit, one that's crossed over. So as a child, when your grandfather appeared to you six months after he died, uh, did that scare you? It sure did. Yeah. <laughs> I would imagine. I, yeah, I, uh, I, was, I was home with the family dog, and I grabbed that dog, and I ran outside and waited for my parents. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And what did your mother say? Did, did she, I mean, obviously with those sensitivities, she probably knew what was going on. And, and did she tell you, because she feared it, did she discourage you from experiencing those things, or did she encourage it? Uh, she encouraged it, actually. Um, you know, she said if I was fine with it, uh, it was it was okay. Just you know, just be careful. Um, and and the reason she said that is because it was actually her mother that came to her in spirit and scared the life out of her, and and she just became too scared um, to get another sign. But she always wanted to hear from her mom again, and she never did. Because spirits won't do that. Once they come back, once they come once, if they scare you too much, they they just don't come back. They don't want to scare you again. At what point did you learn to not be afraid and actually welcome those interactions? Um, that's a really good question. I don't. I can't pinpoint any particular time in my life other than. Um, Maybe 1997, I was going to college, and uh, I, I wound up living in a house that was haunted, uh, as it turned out to be haunted by a Confederate soldier. <laughs> so, um, I didn't like him being in there. Yeah. Uh, it kind of freaked me out. But, um, you know, once I realized that, you know, he was just trying to get a message that he needed help to cross over. Is that what most of the communication is? Is it uh, folks that need to get some message either to somebody or just look for some guidance? Well, in terms of earthbounds, um, in terms of ghosts, which are earthbounds, yes, I believe, I truly believe that 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 they're trying to, to convey that they're they realize they're trapped and uh, they can't cross over and they need help crossing over. That's often been the case when I've been on paranormal investigations. But but spirits, of course, don't have that problem. They just come and go, and and usually they come around to let us know that they're okay on the other side or um, they have a message to convey to us or, or they want to they want to let us know that that the love that we have for them still connects us to them from the other side when you work with somebody who is asking and i'm talking about somebody who's currently living asking for your help reaching out to somebody is that something you can do can you reach specific people i can um and uh, do you mean spirits or do you mean earthbound ghosts? I guess both would be a good question to uh, for for either of those. Sure. Um, so, in terms of earthbound ghosts, they're because they're fixed at a location of their choosing, and they really can't move from there, if you will, um, unless they attach themselves to somebody. Um, I would have to go to the location. Um, although I can connect to them energy wise. Um, but it helps to be in the in the location with the ghost sure. in order to better deal with them. Yeah. Um, spirit wise, sure, I can connect with anybody, and I, and I've done that, um, uh, especially with with pets. Um, 
people have come to know me as some kind of a pet medium. <laughs> and, uh, I've connected with pets from all over the world, as it turned out, since about 2013. Let's talk about pets here, because um, obviously uh, there's a different type of communication on Earth when, when, you know, my dog can't speak English back to me, but I still get, you know, mm-hmm. I still have a communication going on there. How does it work from the other side? Well, it's interesting. Um, when you're on the other side, when pets are on the other side, they can convey the things, everything that they've learned from, uh, from being with us in the physical. Um, but they can also do another thing in terms of communicating with mediums, and that is um, they, they show me pictures. They show me pictures and images of things that, of messages they want to convey. So I've been able to actually describe in detail people that pets are with on the other side. I've been able to describe what they look like, um, often what they're wearing, um, and give them names. Because, you know, pets hear names. They, they hear words. Um, it's been proven it's been proven that, that um, you know, you, you said you had a dog. So you know that your dog knew his own name. Mm-hmm. He knows he knew names of people in the family. Um, so, so there's a, a lot of, dogs have a lot of intelligence that they use to convey those messages to people who are alive. What is your relationship with animals that are living? Do you do you work closely with animals, or is it do, is most of your work with uh, pets that have or other animals that have passed on? Uh, um, I, well, I have four dogs. I'm a dog dad. Okay, <laughs> um, and I, I I've worked with animal rescue uh, for dachshunds and weimaraners. Those are the breeds that we have um, for the last ten years. So we've done fostering, and we've done fundraising, and transports, and home visits, and gosh, you name it, we've done it. Um, so, and, and you know, honestly, there are days I'd just rather talk to my dogs than people. <laughs> I know that feeling. I know that feeling. So um, do you think it helps because you have such a caring relationship with animals on this side? Does it, does it help you uh, communicating with them on the other side? It does because I'm, I'm actually able to acknowledge the way they behave, and I can I can interpret their feelings. Um, you know, when you when a, when a person has a pet in their family, and to me, it is the pets are definitely our family members. Um, we can interpret what they want. You know, you, you know, you know when they want to go out. You know when they're they're agitated. You know when they're happy. You know when they're sad. When they're sick, and so forth. And it's the same thing as a medium from the other side. I can interpret all of those things. When you talk with a dog specifically that has passed on, what are the things that were most important to that animal um, that they relate to you? Uh, Do they miss being with their humans, if for lack of a better word? Well, the thing about that is um, that the missing they miss being in the physical with their human, and they understand like like human spirits do that they're no longer in the physical, that they they really you know, just come from time to time. Um, but everybody should, should know that the love that we share with our pets and with the, our, our people is, is, is like a tether that connects us to them and always will connect us to them. So they're around us whenever they want to be. Um, and oftentimes they, um, like, like people, they will come around birthdays, anniversaries, and holidays. So those are the times to pay attention. Um, so, but pets do, you know, they, they certainly do miss being in the physical. Um, you know, I think that uh, like people, they would do anything for a treat. Like people would do anything for an ice cream on the sure. other side, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> um, is there a different, uh, actually, I probably should back this up. Is there a heaven? Um, well, it, it's a matter of, it, it's a matter of personal perspective, I okay. think. Um I'm a scientist. I'm a meteorologist by trade. So, you know, everything I do is based on energy. Um, so when we, when our physical body dies, the memories, personality, and knowledge that we have from this life combines with the physical energies within. And we transition. We, we make a, a conscious choice to stay here earthbound as a ghost. We cross over and join the energies of the cosmos. Now, some people can call, call that heaven. They can call it Valhalla. They can call it Elysium. They can call it Paradise. They can call it whatever they want. So, you know, my um, the the books that I write are based are based on energy. I use energy as a baseline. Religions are used to explain 
that kind of energy or that place uh, to give people a more grounded, earthly perspective, if you will. So, you know, I don't see people or pets uh, as ghosts or spirits having other jobs. I don't see people, uh, you know, I don't see people doing a specific thing uh, on the other side because they're beings of energy. They can, they can come and go anywhere they want, anytime. Um, so what that means for people is that living people is that spirits of our loved ones, including pets, can come to us when we're on vacation, as mine, may, as mine have. Quite a few of my, my dogs have, have come to me on vacation um, or, and human spirits um, anywhere in the world at any time. So one more question here, and we have to go to break. And I asked the, is there a heaven question? Um, because mm-hmm. I wanted to know if there was this a separate or um, similar place for pets to go. Is it, do they go to the same place in the afterlife, or do they have a separate place to go to? Yeah, everybody's all together. Everybody's all going to be waiting in the same place. Um, there's going to be a lot of tails wagging for us on the other side when uh, when it's our time. <laughs> and then... Uh, and. and and I have I have seen uh, my dogs in spirit. Uh, one of my dogs in spirit, Buzz, had come back into a vet's office when it was time for my other dog, Sprite, to pass on um, to let me know that he was going to be there for him. So, yep, we're all going to be together. Rob, if a, first of all, does everybody have the ability to communicate with the other side, or is that limited to people who have a certain sensitivity? Uh, we all have this, the ability to to do that. Um, we just have to learn to tap into it. Um, and I I liken it to when people walk into a room full of other people. Like a, if you walk into a room full of a crowd of people, you may feel like there's always there's always someone or a couple of people that you feel like you want to go over and say hello to. It's like walking into a bar and say hmm, I want to go over and talk to that person. Conversely, you'll feel like there's somebody that you just want to avoid. Um, so what you're doing is you're reading their energy, and that's what mediums do. Mediums read the energy of people and pets on the other side. So we all have that ability. We just have to foster it and believe in it. We have to trust it. So for people who don't understand how to read that energy or accept it or, or close to it intentionally, um, how do they know or how, how do you, can you tell if uh, a spirit or a ghost is visiting you, whether it's a pet or a, a deceased relative? How do you know when their, their presence is there? Usually it's when you, you're thinking of things, um, for instance, with a spirit. Um, usually it's when you're thinking of things that you normally wouldn't think of. Um, and then you can try to reason out, you know, why am I thinking this? Is this something that someone else would say? Um, and often you'll, you'll, you'll figure out, you know, why a thought came into your head. Um, I, and I'll give you an example of that. Just this past week, um, uh, I, was, I was walking our, our four dogs at night, and, um, and I, I felt... I felt like suddenly I, I had just been walking for about eight minutes and I suddenly felt that I should not be turning the corner and going down a particular street. And I thought, okay, this is weird. I just put, I just leashed the dogs up and we we're all starting to walk. And I thought, why would I feel that way? Well, suddenly Ed, the spirit that we talked about in the beginning, <laughs> who is the topic of my kindred spirits book, actually put his hand on my arm, my bicep. I could feel four fingers and a thumb grab my, my right bicep. And I heard him say, if you go down that street, there will be an accident. And he said, turn around and go home. Oh, wow. I said, okay, yeah. <laughs> I'm going home. So I did. Um, so, you know, you have to trust your feelings when you, when you get a message, when you hear something in your head, believe it. Um, it's just like when people are driving home and, and they get, they suddenly get the urge to just not go the same old way. They go a different way. That the reason for that is that a spirit is there and they're directing you to not go that way to save you from an accident. Interesting. We have this is a short segment for us. We've got another hour with you on the other side of the break. Um, sure. Where can people get the books? Uh, they can go to Amazon, Amazon.com, um, and they can get them in paperback and ebook. And and all the books are 
or under ten dollars. Um, I, I want people to be able to read and understand how to communicate with spirit, how spirits communicate, um, and and comfort them um, when they lose a loved one, whether a person or a pet. So, um, and and the Kindle books are all under three dollars. Great. Okay, we'll also take your phone calls at six zero seven two eight two four four nine seven. For those of you who wonder why Jason's not with us tonight, he hasn't been for a few weeks now. Uh, Jason is in the middle of a sixteen-week filming schedule for his new television show that'll be debuting in October called Ghost Nation. It'll be on the Travel Channel, so look for that. He'll be back with us after the filming stops. Um, also, Grant Wilson, also uh, part of the Ghost Hunters team, is uh, part of the reboot of the Ghost Hunters series on the um, A&E Network. So that, I think, debuts in September. Um, I think uh, that's what they said. So that'll be interesting to see both of those guys back on TV, uh, different shows, but uh, kind of doing the same thing, the thing they're known for. So that will be very interesting. Um, we've got a great show underway tonight. We're talking with Rob Gutrell. We're going to continue that conversation and talk about communicating with your pets after they've deceased. I will remind you tomorrow night and then Friday night, both best ofs programs here on Beyond Reality Radio. And also Monday night as well. Next Tuesday, very, very interesting discussion scheduled for our program. We have John Kerner joining us. Tuesday, July 16th, I think that's the right date for Tuesday, is the uh, 20th anniversary of the mysterious death of JFK Jr. He um, and his wife and his wife's sister, his sister-in-law, died after the small plane they were flying, JFK Jr. was flying, actually piloting, to Martha's Vineyard, crashed in the ocean. And there are a lot of people believe that there was something more to that, and some of the evidence is a little bit questionable. So John will talk about those theories and on Tuesday night's program. Wednesday, uh, we'll be talking about a topic that we've wanted to chat about here for a long time, and it's controversial. I'll warn you. It'll probably generate a lot of phone calls, which we're hoping. Uh, we'll talking about vaccinations. Uh, Del Bigtree is an investigative journalist. He's also the CEO of Informed Consent Action Network. He'll talk about vaccinations and the pharmaceutical companies and uh, what they're doing to our uh, culture and our families and how they actually are somewhat uh, a form of tyranny. So we'll talk about that Wednesday night. A lot of great stuff coming up on the program, as you can see right here on Beyond Reality Radio. Swing by our social media, like the Beyond Reality Radio Facebook page, also mine at JVJ Paranormal. Give that one a like. And also YouTube, JV Johnson on YouTube. Great archive of programs there. We also stream the program live. If you can't pick it up on a radio station in your area, you can check out YouTube and find it streaming there. There's also some special content. Subscribe when you show up at YouTube. Give the little bell icon a, a click so that you get notifications when we post new videos or when we go live. So let's bring our guest back. Rob Gutrow is a author, a medium, and a paranormal investigator. Rob, you've done a lot of paranormal investigating, haven't you? I have, um, both in private residences and uh, historic places. When you do that, um, you know, you're obviously putting yourself into a place that has at least reports of being haunted. And in many cases, that probably turns out to be true. Um, do you get a different level of communication when you're actually out seeking seeking it versus, uh, you know, maybe working out of your home? Um, I do, because in, in my home, uh, I can basically I, I basically just communicate with spirits, those who have crossed over. Um when I'm on the ground, and in particular locations where someone chooses to stay earthbound as a ghost, um, those are sometimes more difficult uh, because there's a lot of distraction. Um, but uh, I, I can still get the same messages. So when you are in an investigation, now you've got other people with you generally who are using different devices to try to detect the presence of a spirit. Um, you obviously have a direct line to that through, through your communication. Um, how do you guide the other investigators with that information? Well, you're right. I, I kind of use my head um, <laughs> when I'm on a paranormal investigation. Um, so what I will do is uh, I will always be partnered up with someone in an investigation, and I will convey to them where the entity is. Um, you know, of course, when you're going into a home, it's always a person that, that's there. Um, although I have been in, in private residences that were actually um, being visited by pets in spirit, which we figured out, and there's a story in one of my Pets in the Afterlife books about that. Um, but 
so I work with I work with a partner, and often the partner will ask questions, and I will be able to channel answers from the earthbound ghost. Um, and they'll use their equipment at the same time. They'll use digital thermometers, of course, to see if there's temperature anomalies. They'll uh, they'll have their recorders going. They'll they'll have high speed cameras going, infrared cameras going, all of the equipment that that paranormal investigators have, um, just to see if there's anything that matches up with you know my experience with whatever is there. And is the information they get from a pet ghost, say, uh, the same type of information they'll get from a human ghost? I mean, do the meters do the same thing? Do the, does the equipment react the same way? It it should, um, because they're all energy on, you know, on the other side. Um, we really haven't, we really haven't run into many um, pets uh, that are earthbound ghosts. Um, I think there was one cat um, that we ran into that was a ghost, but they didn't have their equipment going because we were discussing something with the homeowner and the cat brushed by me. Um, uh, in an, in another instance, the the case that I, I just mentioned a minute ago, uh, we actually were able to solve the case of it was the family dog that had passed some four or five months before, and we solved that case because I brought my my dog, a Weimaraner, on the in paranormal investigation, and when I let her go after we sniffed around and all that, um, she she ran up the stairs in this particular home and stopped at the first bedroom on the right-hand side. And when I asked the homeowner if that means anything to them, they said, yes, their dog, when their dog was alive, would run in from the outside up the stairs and go to that first bedroom and sit there because the dog was bonded to the little boy that lived, that that slept in that, that room. So my dog was chasing the spirit of their dog. Oh, wow. Um, you're a meteorologist, so you've got a scientific background, and I know that you try to explain some of these paranormal uh, occurrences or sightings or experiences using science. Have you been mm-hmm. successful? Because I think a lot of people have been trying to do that for a long time. How do you explain it scientifically? Well, it's basically everything is, uh, can be defined in terms of energy. Um, for instance, if you if you think about the cold spots that paranormal investigators talk about all the time. Um, what happens with cold spots, and there's, there's a, an actual plausible reason why there's a cold spot, and I'll tell you what it is. Um, it's because ghosts and spirits are energy. They have to take energy in order to manifest and give us signs. So what they do to, to create a cold spot whenever they're present is they slow down the, molecule, the movement of the molecules of air. So fast-moving molecules of air are warm air, Slower moving molecules of air are colder air. So they take the energy of the movement of those molecules of air in order to manifest, and they slow them down. And that's why you feel a cold spot, usually whenever there's a ghost or a spirit present. Have you ever uh, encountered in one of your investigations a spirit, whether it was human or animal, that uh, that you wished you hadn't encountered or frightened you in some way? Oh, sure. Um, you know, as I, as I mentioned, we all maintain our, our personalities, our memories, personality, and knowledge uh, on the other side, whether you choose to be earthbound as a ghost or as a spirit. And, you know, if you're, I like to say that if you're a good person in life, you're a good person in death. If you're a jerk in life, you're going to be a jerk in death. <laughs> so, um, there have been a couple. Um, as a matter of fact, we were investigating Cocky's Tavern in Maryland, and uh, the uh, the tech guy later played uh, an EVP for me that said, kill Rob. Oh, geez. But he played that for me <laughs> after I left. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, like, trying, I'm trying to determine whether it was a good thing that you heard it after or not, because if you'd heard it before, you probably would have been out of there a lot sooner. I probably would have. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know... We, we, we've I've done a lot of paranormal investigating. You have too. There are there are things that are just really really difficult to explain. Have you explained? Have you sure. seen something? And I'm not talking about from a median standpoint. I'm talking about something with your eyes or your senses, your your regular five senses that uh, you just cannot explain. Oh sure, there there have been a number of things that I I, I couldn't explain. Um, you know I eventually I think science will catch up to the paranormal and then it won't be paranormal. It will be normal, <laughs> but, right. uh, but until that time, 
we won't know the answers to everything, certainly. And I, I, ne- I never claim to know the answers to everything. I wish I did. Um, but uh, I always tell people, if they have questions that I can't answer, wait till I'm on the other side, and then I'll give you the answer. We're talking with Rob Gutrow. He's the author of a book called Pets and the Afterlife, uh, plus several other books to his credit. And his uh, website is his name, robgutrow.com. We're going to take a break. When we come back, more of our conversation and your phone calls at 687 or excuse me, 607-282-4497. If you have a question about your pet, um, Rob might be able to help you out. We're going to jump to the phone lines here, try to get a quick call in before our next break. This is Gerald in Charlotte, North Carolina. Hi, Gerald. Welcome to the program. Hi, how you doing? Thank you for taking my call. Thank you for calling. You're on with Rob Guttrow. Okay, now my question is, is uh, we think that the dog that we got was given to us had to be my wife's grandmother. And there's just so many coincidences. It just happened. One of my questions is, is that possible? Is it possible that a, a, a pet or an animal could be the reincarnated soul of a person? And, and you think that this particular dog is the, white, is the soul of your, or the reincarnated soul of your wife's grandmother? Is that what you said, Gerald? Yes. Rob, is that something that's possible? Hi, JV. Uh, hi, Gerald. Um, actually, it's it's actually not, but I can give you the explanation about what happens. So, um, you, your 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 wife's grandmother will be waiting there in the light for you. But what she's doing is she is um, she's instructing the dog as a spirit to do things to remind you of her, and that way you will know that she is around you as well. So dogs, um, as I wrote in my books, Pets in the Afterlife, dogs can see spirits. Dogs can see them and hear them. So um, your her grandmother is actually around you right now and giving the dog instructions so that you'll know that, that she's there. So that's exactly what's happening. Okay. Well, the dog has passed. But, I mean, this is like 15, 20 coincidences that, this has to be. But, uh, yeah, yeah, yes, there's no such thing as a coincidence, really, when it comes to spirit, because spirit will actually in, will will influence uh, pets to do certain things um, to let us know that they are very much around us. So it should be okay. a comfort to you that you know that that her grandmother is still with you. Okay. Just using the dog to, to convey that. Yeah, Gerald, thank you so much for the phone call, and that is a great question. But what about uh, reincarnation in general, Rob? Can a, can an animal come back as an animal, a dog come back as a dog? Um, I have found that pets come back as, as other animals or the same kind of animal, um, and you know, humans come back as humans. Um, you know, I don't know the answer to that question. Um, I'm sure there are, uh, there are exceptions, but as far as I know... You know, they, they all come back in the same kind of kingdom, if you will. Uh, another interesting point that the caller brought up, Gerald brought up, was the fact that there uh, that he felt there were coincidences. There was, uh, I'm not sure what they were, but uh, there, he saw traits in this particular dog, which is now passed, that reminded mm-hmm. him of his wife's grandmother. Um, is mm-hmm. it is it is it possible that that dog, and, and this may have been what you're saying, but was a tool that the grandmother who had passed was working through to provide some comfort? Yeah, that's exactly what was happening. Um, And and the same thing goes for dogs that have passed interacting with living dogs that you have now. So if the living dog shows a trait that the dog who had passed shows, for instance, if um, if they use one particular paw to 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 do something um you know to scratch himself a certain way or to open a cabinet or or to uh reach out for something um and behave oddly just the same way that another dog that you had who had passed used to do then that dog in spirit is is instructing the living dog to do the same thing so you'll know that they're still around uh, your other books, um, in addition to the uh, the one we're talking about, which is Pets in the Afterlife, you've actually shared a lot of experiences with your communication with ghosts, and you say one of them is, uh, is kind of subtitled Insights from a Medium. In the minute we've got before we have to go to break here, what types of things have you learned? What life's lessons have you learned from communicating with the other side? 
Well, they all certainly they all want us to be uh, happy in this life, and they and they all want us to not wallow in grief. Um, that is probably the biggest lesson that that spirits will tell us from the other side is that don't mourn their passing. In fact, celebrate the time that you had with them and keep their memories alive. Um, people wallow in grief uh, for far too long, and we need to enjoy the life that we have here in the physical. Um, because we'll be in spirit a lot longer. Yeah, well, that that's true. And and I know, you know, what you're saying about wallowing in grief. Um, it, I think it's very difficult. I lost both of my parents within the last five years. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you think about them every, every single day and many, many times every single day, and you miss sure. them. You miss them. It's hard for, to not let that turn into grief. It is, um, but you know we have to also be aware that they are very much around us, and in the things that we do, sometimes in the things that we say, um, they will. If you think about it, even you know music that you may hear that may remind us of them, or or we meet somebody with the same name, all kinds of ways that that spirits will communicate. Coins, if you find a coin with the the year that they passed, that was sent from them. You know, losing a loved one, a family member, um, a human is hard. Uh, certainly, um, but it's not much less difficult when you lose uh, a cherished pet, is it? No, in fact, um, I've read studies that say that it's more difficult to lose a pet. Um, there has been psychological studies that say that, and and the reason for that is that you know pets always pets typically have the intelligence of a three to five year old human child, and that's been proven many times. So you know, no matter how old they get, we always look at them in that light as if they're a three to five year old child, and when they pass, it's traumatic because it's just like losing a child. So that that's why. Are there ways that people can recognize if uh, one of their deceased pets is trying to communicate with them? Sure. Um, as a matter of fact, I, I cover a lot of those ways in both my Pets and Pet Me Afterlife 2 books. Um, and that's why I wrote the books, so that people don't need to go to a medium. They can just learn for themselves. So I'll give you a quick laundry list uh, for, for you and the listeners so they'll, they'll be able to get an idea. So um, they'll, they'll lead us off into a pet that resembles them, a doppelganger, if you will. Um, they'll come to you in your dreams. And, and, you know, human spirits will do the same thing. So, sure. so keep that in mind. Right. Um, Dreams are the easiest way because our logical minds are asleep. They'll send us coins. I talked about coins earlier. Look at the year when you find a coin, and that'll give you a clue maybe as to who it is. Um, they'll, they'll make noises uh, around the house. Usually around the time you go to bed when the house is really quiet, sometimes you'll hear a bark or a meow from a, what sounds like another room. It really just takes a lot of energy from the uh, the other side to get through. Um, nails on the floor. You make uh, people report cats usually like to jump on the end of their bed and curl up. Um, people have reported the scent of a wet dog <laughs> when yeah. when their dog had passed like six or seven months before, um, and they knew that it was their dog. Um, uh, another woman told me that her dog passed away in a rose bush in the backyard, and whenever she smells, she thinks of her dog, she'll smell roses in the house. Um, so dogs will convey scents like that. Um, it, another thing that just has happened in the last year to me is dogs will give me numbers. So one quick story is that a dog gave me the number 512, Black Labrador, and the, the uh, dog dad said he had no idea what that meant. It wasn't a date, it wasn't a time, and usually it's one of those things. Um, so long story short, he wrote me eight months later and he said he is a physician and a, person, a patient came into his office and um, the patient on, this chart, on his record had the number 512 as a diag- the diagnosis. That means a collapsed lung. Well, he realized that 512 is, is significant because his dog passed from collapsed lungs. Oh, wow. So, pretty crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. Um, what level, is, I don't even know how to ask this question to make it sound right, but um, are all animals, regardless of what type of animal, and I'm not just talking about dogs, cats, you know, people have fish, turtles, whatever, can they all communicate mm-hmm. from the other side? Um, within, within limits. So people ask me if I, if I can communicate with lions and tigers and bears. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> oh my. Yeah, um, right. And the answer is the answer is really no. They have to be domesticated. Uh, and the reason is is that because when an animal is domesticated and lives with us, they um, they pick up our emotions. They understand. They hear our words. They see us. Um, they're able to relate to us in many different ways. And and as a medium, they can convey those things to me. Um, and they can convey those things back to anybody um, if they're exposed to it. So wild animals don't have that. They don't live with people. Um, so, yes, I have received messages from uh, lizards, uh, rabbits who have lived with people. Um, I don't want to deal with snakes, <laughs> even on the other <laughs> side. <laughs> but, but they can convey that as long as they're domesticated. I have to say, just and this is completely off topic, but having uh, said lions, tigers, and bears, uh, I think The Wizard of Oz is showing on uh, Turner Classic Movies uh, tonight as we speak, <laughs> which is kind of funny. Kind of a synchronicity <laughs> there, right? Um, are there any differences between breeds of dogs in, in the way they communicate or the types of messages, or does that not matter at all? Um, it, it really doesn't matter, but I will tell you though that um, I, I looked at I looked at the studies about the intelligence of dogs, and and my books also include that too because it's it's science, the behavior of science. So what I've learned is that there are there are certain dogs that have a higher level of intelligence. Border collies being the most intelligent breed. Some border collies have actually been able to learn one thousand different words. That's pretty amazing. Wow! Yeah. You know, we we get five year old kids that don't even know a thousand. I was just gonna say, I've got a lot of friends that don't know a thousand words. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, so, uh, and the other thing too is that I've learned is that that uh, dogs are not entirely colorblind. They can see yellow and blue, and all the other colors appear in shades of gray. So, if you tell a border collie to go get a yellow ball, they'll get it. Oh, wow. um, so, I've bought actually yellow toys for our, our dachshunds and weimaraners, and they always go for the yellow toy because the yellow stands out from the other toys. Interesting. And is that on command, or they just they just do that because it stands out? Um, they, I don't even have to give them the command. It, they, they do it because it stands out from the other toys. So they're always playing with the yellow toys instead of the other ones. So if you want to make your dog happy, go get them a yellow toy. <laughs> Based on what you have learned by communicating with these pets on the other side, how would you advise uh, someone who has a pet to treat their pet while they're living? Obviously, kind is, is important, but uh, did, did, does anything change based on what you've learned from talk, communicating to, with them on the other side? Um, well, yeah, of course, we all have to treat each other with kindness. Um, and I will tell you that if you are a rescue dog uh, dad or rescue cat da- uh, dad or dog uh, parent, rather, um, your rescue will be tethered to you because you will have treated them better than they usually than they received in the previous uh, with, by the previous pet parent. Um, you know, we as somebody who works in dog rescue, and I've worked in dog rescue for ten years, we've seen a lot of dogs come from really abusive households. And people say to me, "So, will this dog be connected to the abuser in the afterlife?" And the answer is no. Um, it's love that connects a pet to a person in the afterlife. So, yes, treat treat your pets with love. And they'll always be bound to you. How much of what we do during the course of our day um, that we think a pet may not be understanding, are they actually understanding? You know, we we tend to think that a dog will understand simple commands, simple words, um, and react to those words uh, in mm-hmm. many ways in a Pavlovian sense. Um, but how much more are they actually getting uh, during the course of a day? Oh, they get a lot more than we think they get. Um, <laughs> um, you know, pets, certainly as a, as a dog dad, you know that pets can read your emotions. So they know when you're, they know when you're happy, they know when you're sad, they know when you're angry, they go in the other room. Um, <laughs> they, they know when you're sick, right? Yeah. They'll always pay more attention to you. So pets not only uh, interpret the language, but they interpret tone and they read emotion and they can read energy too. Just you know, just like just like mediums do, um, and they also use scent too. You know, don't don't forget that if we feel fear, we uh, we emit some pheromones, and right. um, dogs and cats can sense that sense that because they have a better sense of smell. 
um, as well as a better sense of hearing. Yeah, I mean, the old adage, uh, you know, uh, an animal, a dog can smell fear um, is true. It's actually true because they do pick up on pheromones uh, that you that you give off uh, that actually betray many of your emotions. Mm hmm. And that's why, yeah, do- that's why dogs know who's anxious or nervous around them for, um, and uh, yeah. <laughs> so changing the, the dog. No, you can't. Changing the topic a little bit, I find this very fascinating. In your work with uh, paranormal investigations and contacting people on the other side, um, you mm-hmm. actually have developed that ability to the point where you can sketch the people that you were talking with, their ghosts? Mm-hmm. Yes, that's true. Um, so when I was a kid, I used to, I, I, I used to read comic books, and I and I still do actually, even in my fifties. And I used to draw them. I used to draw superheroes. So as a result of that, um, whenever I go into a paranormal investigation, I take a sketchbook with me, and I can sketch out the ghost that I am seeing. Um, and I will tell you that fortunately, I've been pretty lucky so far um, that every single homeowner has. Acknowledge that that is what the ghost looks like that they have seen in their home. That's so pretty cool. That is really really cool. Um, have you been able to use that as a as a tool, or is it is it just more of an interest to you? I've been able to use it as a tool because, uh, and in some in some cases, confirm the identities of the people. Um, so in some of my in some of my books about people, I've written three books about people. I've actually included some sketches. Um, my latest book, The Ghosts of England on a Medium's Vacation, um, when I encountered a lot of ghosts wherever I went on vacation there, um, I included a couple of sketches that I did um, of ghosts. Yeah, I think we were talking about that book the last time you were on the program. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, We've only got a couple minutes left here, Rob. Uh, When somebody loses a pet, what's the first thing they should do to help them get over the grieving process? Well, they need to they need to understand that when we make the decision to uh, lose to to help a pet cross over, we should not feel guilty because it takes a lot of love to allow a pet to pass with dignity and out of pain. So that's the big message that pets always convey to me. Thank you very much for having the courage and the love for me to enable me to to go. Um, so uh, and and over time they will um, they'll start seeing the messages. The other thing too is that uh, pets will lead us to another pet that they want us to adopt. Um, I have many stories in my books about how pets have done that. Um, so, and it doesn't mean that everybody should adopt. Um, and it, yeah, it's a, it's a personal thing too. If you're ready, uh, you'll know it. And the pet will influence you to do that at the right time. Um, so they'll always be tethered to you as well. And they'll all be waiting for you in the light. They'll all be wagging their tails or meowing or barking, whatever, when you're, when it's your time to cross. Here, here's probably, uh, one of the toughest situation any pet owner is ever faced with. You've got an, a pet that's either sick or aged and, mm-hmm. uh, you're faced with the, with the, with the idea or the suggestion maybe from a vet to put them down. Um, mm-hmm. and first of all, what are your thoughts on that? But secondly, how does the pet feel uh, when they communicate from the other side if you've had to make that decision? Um, I've had to do that with my dog Sprite. Um, he he couldn't walk at the end of his life. He had kidney failure. He had a heart murmur. He was going blind, and then he had a tumor rupture in his nose. And I took him to the ER, and they said, "You really need to let him go." Mm-hmm. It was devastating. Um, as a matter of fact, this week is the anniversary of his passing. So oh, it's new, yeah. not a coincidence that you called me to be on the show this week. Yeah, wow. Because he w- he wanted to be heard. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, so uh, they they understand that it's their time to go, and they want us to notice. And they'll always stop eating, or they'll or they'll start to be to act like they they'll go in different rooms and they'll get isolated. Right. Sometimes pets, like people, choose to either pass on their own, alone, or they want to be surrounded by the person that they love. And they're always grateful. They're always telling me on the other side how thankful they are. Well, I've had to do it too, and it's it's nothing more heart wrenching than than having to make that decision. So, JV, I have a question for you: when you when you had to make that decision, and you were driving your pet to a vet or having a vet come over, did your dog show 
a burst of energy just before they passed. You know, I, I, you remember? I I'm trying to remember, and I think there was a little bit of uh, of of an energy, which made the decision a little more difficult because you know all of a sudden mm-hmm. these 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 this sign of vigor that wasn't there before. Um, yeah, I think so. So that happened with our dog Sprite too, and I asked Sprite when he got on the other side why you know he, he hadn't eaten for days, and then on the way to the vet for that fateful event, he ate like three or four full treats wow. of his favorite treat. And I thought, oh, my God, I'm doing the wrong thing. Right. So it, it, what, he told me, what he told me was he was so excited and so happy that I was able to understand what he wanted, that he was, he was putting, he got a burst of energy. Oh, wow. And, and that was a huge thank you to me from the other side. And, you know, I still, I still get teared up about it. Sure. Um, but all pet parents need to know that, too, is that they don't do that to make you feel guilty. They do that because they're excited that you recognize that is the message they want you to know. It's their time. Rob, your book is Pets in the Afterlife, plus you have several other books as well. Where can people get a hold of them? Uh, they can go on Amazon.com, and they can get them in paperback and ebook, And they're all under $10, and you know I've written them to help comfort people and recognize signs on their own. Well, I think our conversation alone has helped comfort a lot of people. Thanks for being here tonight. Thanks, JV. I really appreciate it. Great talking to you. Thanks again to Rob Gutrow for being with us tonight. And uh, also to our first guest, um, Hillary Ramo. Uh, we actually will have her back on the program for a longer segment because it's some pretty interesting stuff there to talk about. A uh, couple things. First of all, are you a pet owner, Orion? Uh, I, I was. Was? I had a cat. Do you, have you ever felt like uh, has the cat passed away? I'm assuming you say was. Yeah, yeah, it was a sad deal. Have you ever feel like that the cat's presence is with you? Um, no, I don't think the cat liked me all that much. To tell the <laughs> truth, and, and it probably wouldn't be with you. I a liked lot of, the cat. A lot of but... people uh, report the sensation of you know. Uh, if they have had a dog that used to sleep on the bed, feeling the dog jump up on the bed, hmm. you know, in spirit form. Um, there's some pretty interesting phenomena like that. A lot of hauntings, if you want to call it that, uh, are reported in that fashion. So hmm. it's kind of cool. Hey, another thing I wanted to mention is that last night, if you happen to catch it, uh, on Turner Classic Movies, which, by the way, is one of my favorite channels, if not me, my favorite channel, um, had a, a 50s, 1950s sci-fi night. Did you catch mm, any of that? No, no. The Day the Earth Stood Still Day and that Earth, sort of stuff. Yeah, Day the Earth Stood Still, uh, in, uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, which is one of my favorites, mm-hmm. the original, um, War, War of the Worlds, mm-hmm. uh, Earth versus the Flying Saucers. Uh, there's another one in there somewhere, but all them, great them or something. No, actually not them, but thing from another world, okay. which is the original thing. Hey, remember when AMC used to show movies? <laughs> yeah, I know that <laughs> they was... used to be. That used to be the best old movie channel. It, I thought. Well, you know the thing with AMC in the very beginning, it it didn't have commercials, right? And then they switched it, and they went mm-hmm. commercial, and, and then they they used all the uh, edited for TV version of the films. Um, but yeah, so kudos to Turner Classic Movies for uh, showing those films last night. I actually DVR'd them all, so at some point I'll be able to watch. I've seen them all a million times. But I'm... I've got v- countless VHS tapes from AMC back in the day with all the commentary and the whole deal. Oh, that's cool. All right, well, so tomorrow night we've got a best of program for you here on Beyond Reality Radio. It's going to be a great interview from The Vault, as Friday night will be as well. Thanks for being here. And uh, look forward to uh, having a great weekend. I'm headed off to Gettysburg, and I will be back with you next week. It's Beyond Reality Radio. We'll catch you next time. Beyond Reality Radio is hosted by Jason Hawes and J.V. Johnson and produced by Alexandria Johnson and Slick Eddie Edwards for Intercom Radio. Beyond Reality Radio is distributed by Westwood One Radio Networks. Stop by our Facebook page and say hello. Follow the hosts on Facebook as well. For Jason Hawes, follow at JasonHawes.taps. For J.V. Johnson, follow at JVJParanormal. If you'd like to be a guest on Beyond Reality Radio or you have a suggestion for a guest, contact Slick Eddie Edwards at SlickEddieEdwards at gmail.com. Be sure to visit our chat room as well at beyondrealityradio.com. Thanks for listening.